moments will be lost in time. Like tears. all you film runners out there ready to hear from us film runners while we run some films that that's it that's the introduction you've done it that was a better introduction than you've done it was (laughs) it fits okay billy now do the introduction (laughs) yeah do the real thing this is why we're not getting sponsored this is exactly why (laughs) michael yep you didn't let me know what i was watching Oh, before yeah. we started this movie. <laughs> that was my favorite part about picking this movie, was that you had no idea. You hadn't heard of it at all, right? No, you you literally, like, you wouldn't let me look it up. You wouldn't let me even see the title. <laughs> you ju- I just had to sit down and watch this movie. The initial experience of the first five minutes was incredible. So wait, first of all, going back for a second the the movie i chose was george romero's night riders and when i asked if you had seen that movie yeah. either of you so i could choose it i specifically asked while we were talking so i didn't have to type out the word <laughs> night riders to see if either of you had seen it inch ahead right i or, i saw a little bit of it because that yeah. runtime <laughs> And uh, (laughs) Billy, you had not. I had not. So when I suggested it, did you have any sort of idea of what it was just based on George Romero and Knight Riders? Honestly, like, yeah, because it was George Romero, I thought Knight Riders was, it was going to be about like some sort of nighttime demons that were (laughs) like attacking (laughs) people like, oh no, run from the Knight Riders. That's what I was hoping. Yeah, that was exactly what I thought. <laughs> so then what was your yeah, what okay. was your experience? I'm going to read you my notes up until the title card. <laughs> okay? Okay, okay, okay? So my notes here are nice music and a bird. Lots of birds, naked man, garden of eden, all caps, naked woman. <laughs> <laughs> then oh no, dude is whipping himself. Crown? Ed Harris? And then, in even larger all caps, with eight question marks, MOTORCYCLE? (laughs) Because the way this movie starts is you think it's actually going to be like some sort of like medieval fantasy picture. It's set up with that Mm -hmm. completely in terms of the score, in terms of the visuals, and then they hop on a fucking motorcycle... Yeah, it's a really good fake yeah. at the beginning. And you just hit that Knight Riders title card and you're like, oh, Knight Riders. Ooh. <laughs> They're riding motorcycles. Yeah, and it's Knight yeah. with a K. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's some Renaissance fair shit. Yeah, it's about a bunch of carnies. It's great. <laughs> bunch of carny LARPers. Yeah. Although, I wouldn't... Is it LARPing if they actually, like, live it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's the thing, because they're not pretending to be anything. No. Yeah, exactly. They're just, like, they're doing... They're living it, man. They're chasing the dragon. <laughs> so what made you want to watch this? Because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> That's fair. Why do you love it? Uh, it's just, I think it's such an interesting premise, first of all, just the idea that, like, I have no idea, I haven't looked into any information about where George Romero got the idea for it, but I like the concept, and the execution is great. Like, I would literally watch a, a TV show that was about these people <laughs> i wanted to know more actually one of the flaws of the movie i think is that it has too many interesting things going on a lot of the time yeah um mm -hmm. okay. i'm also a huge fan of ed harris's character and i think it's interesting in a sense that uh he's playing sort of like a standard archetype of like you know a man with a coat of honor yeah. kind of thing but i enjoy that we don't see Billy, the guy he plays, in his prime, like he's at the end of his days. It's more of like a John Wayne in The Searchers kind of thing, but slightly less racist. <laughs> well, a lot. Yeah, less I would say there's a lot less yeah. racist in general. Except the the one guy, I am glad because there's a kid, the Blackbird kid, mm -hmm. at the end. Uh, he's just credited as Indian, <laughs> but I don't think they ever call him that in the movie. So I'll just pretend his name is Blackbird. Think, yeah, I was going to say, they could have just called him Blackbird and that would have been fine. Yeah, but I think he's credited as Indian. Um, so anyway, so the concept, I guess, of the film is that um, it's a, a traveling renaissance fair, kind of, of uh, performers who put on um, medieval sort of night feats uh, where they joust and battle and... You can buy corn on the car, <laughs> shit like that. Uh, it's a full package. Yeah, but they do all this on uh, motorcycles. It's all about like bike stunts and shit mm -hmm. like that. And they all have like they really buy into the lifestyle of it. Um, and they're led by Billy, who is Ed Harris, and uh, he's very adamant about staying true to that sort of way of life and that code that he has and then it uh it expands from there and then we get a bunch of different movies within yeah. it like there's uh at one point near the end it sort of becomes one of those like you know those uh musical biopic movies where like it's this band doing really well, and then the one guy sells out completely and goes and lives, and lives a rich lifestyle, and then he's like, no, I gotta get back to my roots. It's like uh, that Mark Wahlberg rock star movie, <laughs> but it's with Tom Savini as a yes. guy who rides a motorcycle in jousts. Um, so before we get too far into it, Incha, uh, you said you've seen part of it before, but you've given it a dedicated watch now. So what was what was your thought process? Um... I didn't remember this a lot, so, like, I, first, Naked Ed Harris, like, always kind of catches my attention, 
And I was like, <laughs> Ed Harris is naked. This is this is what I want in a film. But I didn't really have a thought process. I kind of just kind of just went with it. This is one of those movies that you just go with it. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever they want to do, I'm down for. Except for like, <laughs> you know, breaking up the band because I was like actually really upset when like the movie when everybody broke up I'm like no but yeah. Billy's trying to keep you together guys like I know he's kind of a little high strung right now but it's gonna be fine um but I don't know I really didn't have a thought like I just really kind of it's it's it just feels like one of those movies where like I literally have a blanket wrapped around me and I just watched it because I was just right. like this is just so cozy and I want everybody to be okay and if Pippin, if something happens to Pippin, I'm going to kill somebody. Oh, Pippin's the best. I love I Pippin. I love Pippin so much. Well, Pippin is great. And Pippin's subplot within the movie is honestly really surprising for a movie from 1981. Who is? Yeah, like, so Pippin is the sort of MC, the court announcer, who explains to the rubes in the audience <laughs> what what's going on and why they're jousting and sort of the rules of the night riding and side hacking <laughs> um and he has a, a interesting um and sort of generally sort of tastefully done for the time period uh where he sort of uh comes out as gay and it's like everyone's very supportive and open with him like the only part that's sort of I would say questionable is when they're around the fire and they're sort of like, which is, I think a lot of that stuff is, is good, but it does have a vibe of like them forcing him to try to like come out. Or yeah. To... I hated that part so much. Really? Yeah. Cause I was like, I, I get it. Like I get what she wanted to do. I forgot her name. I, like I get what she wanted to do, but I'm like, Rocky, Rocky, the lady. Yeah. Lady? No, not Rocky. Yeah. Oh, Angie. Angie. The mechanic. Yeah. Laverne. Yeah. <laughs> Laverne, yes, she's got a very Penny marshall <laughs> Like, I get, I get what Andrew wanted to do and be like, you know, if you're gay, we totally support you. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you're telling this to him in front of like, five, like yeah. five to ten other people and he's not comfortable with it and she just keeps going. And then I wanted yeah. to hit yeah. her in the face. And I'm just like, it's like... He could tell you this in private. And he was just like, we can talk about it later. And then, no, she doesn't even take no for an answer. I wanted, I don't, I don't like her. I like her, but I don't like her. (laughs) I feel like if the scene were like a minute shorter, like it might've been better because it definitely gets to a point where it's like, okay, leave him, like leave him alone for a second. He's he's spoken his piece. They did talk later. They had, they had a good conversation later. And then like she acknowledges that like he's like, that she like that he's pissed with her, but I'm just like, Mm. you should have known better once he said, please stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I really like Pippin's like fortitude in those scenes though. Cause like Pippin like really like wasn't having any of it. And, like, he was kind of, like, rightfully upset. And then he only ever really comes out to her on his own terms. Yeah. Plus, he gets a boyfriend, so that's fine. He gets a boyfriend. Yeah, oh my god. Like, if we if we survive this, do you want to go out with me? Over the yeah, microphone. And then he's like, yes! Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. That's the thing, like, I would totally watch, like, a 10-episode a Netflix series that would delve into sort of the lifestyle a little more because so many of the side characters I found super interesting. Like I really liked Rocky, the lady knight. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked 
I can't remember the oh Little John Ken Forey's character, the guy who made the weapons and stuff. He was cool, but he doesn't really get much to do. I mean, I kind of felt like I did just watch a ten episode Netflix series. <laughs> kind of, yes. It is. It is long. It is yes, like it's, it's two and a half two and a half hours. <laughs> and yes. we we reached a point where I'm like, okay, here we are. This is the end of the movie, and there were forty minutes left. <laughs> yeah, there's like. A couple of endings. <laughs> Which I absolutely think... I actually really like those last 40 minutes. I think those last 40 minutes are absolutely earned. But it's just a yeah. lot in one sitting. Yes, it is. It's a very lot. But I think I just like it so much I want more of it. <laughs> and did you ever... I, I was looking up. Did you hear about apparently George Romero's original cut of the movie? Yes. See, I, I wasn't sure if... Because a lot of times, like... It gets things get reported like that, like, oh, the original cut of Black Panther was four hours long when what they really mean is they just assembled all the scenes together. Like, it's not actually a cut of the movie. It's just an assembly cut. And then they were mm -hmm. going to make the movie out of that. But I have no doubt that George Romero did have like a what was it like six hour <laughs> cut of this? I heard like a 19 hour version. <laughs> yeah, like something huge. I have no doubt that he uh, he was filming his little butt off so like honestly netflix you could just literally edit a series out of this i if somebody got that footage and made like a million hour cut i would buy it i would get it i would love that um so there's also so more of i guess the main characters beside there's like billy and then his queen is lynette who unfortunately doesn't get much to do no. Um, I wanted to know, like, more about her. She's basically your standard sort of Guinevere-type character, yeah, right? I actually yeah. didn't understand what happened with her in the end, either. She kind of... Doesn't she just go and bone Alan? Yeah. You only really get a hint of that when she, like... She eyes Julia at one point. Mm -hmm. the, the lady that Alan's hanging out with. Um, and then I think you're just supposed to extrapolate, like, a Lancelot... Lancelot Guinevere kind of thing from it. Yeah. But I do wish we'd gotten more from her. And then the two main sort of night riders are um Alan, who is kind of a bland, like Stephen Collins, uh Keith Carradine, Rick Springfield looking guy. Blondie. <laughs> yeah. And then Tom Savini, the amazing Tom Savini as Morgan, uh, who's like gunning for the the king's crown. And uh, Tom Savini's the best. I love him in this movie. He's so good. Yeah, I've never seen Tom Savini act all that much. Uh, so yeah, I've only seen him. Yeah, I've only seen him in like smaller supporting yeah. roles or like a little like, like cameo. And it's like, okay, you gave Tom Savini yeah. a role. That's cool. But here, like he's as obsessively, he's like the second lead of the movie. He's uh, and he's really good. Yeah. Like I was surprised how good he was. Yeah, in terms of character, I think I I told you he reminds me a lot of Dante from Clerks. <laughs> yeah, <he did laughs> which is an odd comparison, and might just be because he has a goatee. I feel like that's. But I I think a lot of his kind of like disgruntled, I'm better than what I'm doing right now comes from well not comes from there but is felt in both films. Right, just sort of fed up with their lot mm -hmm. in life maybe yeah what did you think of alan and morgan incha um <laughs> this is kind of a really weird this is, this is a really weird like of alan i liked alan mostly because he 
his of his relationship with Julie because that was mm-hmm. so one sided and he just dropped that bitch off back at home. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Okay, so here because Billy definitely texted me about that when he was watching it. So uh Julie is attending the first uh um games that we see and she sort of leaves her asshole father and, and her Don't just say he's abusive. Know. Yes, her abusive father and and whatever mother and uh and hangs out with alan and she's sort of our viewpoint character how alan like explains the games to her a little bit mm-hmm. um and then she tags along with him throughout the rest of yep. it and then billy <laughs> tell us what happens to julie and then she says she wants to go to a party <laughs> and alan decides that he's bored with her now and just drops her back at her abusive father's house. And the last we see of her is, like, the lights being turned on. And I'm so pissed off, because like the, that's the last we see of her in the movie. And she deserves so much better than that. Who does? Julie deserves better. Julie doesn't deserve better. What? Julie's mom deserves better. Julie well, they deserves, they both Julie deserve, deserve better. No, Julie deserves nothing. Why does Julie deserve nothing? Because Julie's a spoiled brat and she's terrible. This is the only time I will ever hate a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Ever? What if a woman killed you? You wouldn't hate her? I guess you could. (laughs) Julie's terrible. Julie was getting too attached. Julie needed to go. A stage five clear. (laughs) Julie was a burden. Julie just needed to learn to ride a motorcycle. No, Julie needed to go. Julie needed to go back home. And she did. She didn't deserve to go back home. (laughs) I like to think maybe she learned a little something about um, having a code and then her and her mother brutally murdered her father <laughs> and buried him in the backyard, maybe. That's a happy ending. Yeah. There you go. Julie still sucks. Oh, oh. so it's very <laughs> weird. <laughs> that... I didn't hold on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that every town they seem to go to has a group of rabble-rousing bikers that like to fuck with their games and they have to like chase them down and stop them well i was it happens twice i would (laughs) say that their show attracts a motorcycle crowd Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's i would also blame a little bit of that on just the 80s in the 80s there were just a lot of like i assume there were a lot more motorcycle gangs roving the countryside there are a lot of people speaking because it's basically they're disrupting a show in a very dangerous way basically and it is weird that people like to like fuck with performances like that in a way that could like hurt people because it didn't it used to be when like old-timey magicians when they do a bullet catch people would try to actually like stuff shit into yeah. the gun and actually like kill them <laughs> yeah like to bridge oh, it's not insane. if it's really magic you'll catch this <laughs> Yeah, if it were real, you wouldn't be dead right now. It's insane that people are like that, but I mean, I guess they are, right? Like, isn't that part of how Houdini died? That, like, they, he was doing a trick or something, and, like, someone just, like, punched him in the ribs the wrong way or something? That doesn't sound That does right not. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that's history at all. I am, that I am looking this right. up. You guys keep talking, but... Okay, um, but that doesn't. Sound right. But people still kind of do weird stuff, like, like a dude in uh, Toronto whipped a beer can at a baseball player's head, right? <laughs> Just like a couple of years ago or a year ago or something. Jesus, people are fucking crazy. 
Uh, Houdini. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Houdini was looking. Okay. On the afternoon of October 22nd, <laughs> okay. two McGill University students visited Houdini's dressing room. One asked if Harry could with- indeed withstand any blow to the abdomen, as the magician had Abed- previously <laughs> proclaimed. Harry Abed- responded Abed- that he could if given time to brace himself, at which point Whitehead hit Houdini four times in the abdomen, under the impression that Houdini had indeed braced himself for the blows. And that's what killed him. Yeah, he, he was unable to sleep and remained in constant pain for the next two days. When he finally saw a doctor, Harry was found to have a fever of 102 degrees and acute appendicitis. Harry Meisner. <laughs> I think his appendix just did that. I don't think it had anything to do with being punched. Yeah. Well, you proved us wrong, because uh, that honestly, I'd never heard that before. <laughs> So guy just hauled off and punched him. Yeah. Some guy's like, hey, can you can you live if I keep punching you in the abdomen? <laughs> they had the knockout game even back then, huh? Yeah, so uh motorcyclists fucking with shows. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it seems very it, dangerous. It does lead to some great motorcycle chases. It does. It really does. Uh the motorcycle stunts are absolutely <laughs> insane. <laughs> Uh, and would not be allowed to this day, or in this day, yeah. because uh, it looks like people actually die. <laughs> like, there's one stunt in the final, like, Battle Royale, where a bike is riding at another bike, and then that bike moves, and then the first bike rams into the side of a jump, <laughs> and the bike stays, and the guy, like, face plants onto the... <laughs> the uh, jump and it legitimately looked like he died yeah. it's actually another reason why we were talking about if this movie was like cut into a tv series or re-edited i feel like if you re-edited this footage it, it could be even more powerful because like if they're great stunts but it is kind mm-hmm. of edited like in a flat 1981 style of like look that guy's jumping yeah, you mean it could be more dynamic? Yeah, more a little more visceral. Like you look at the stunts mm-hmm. and how they I make would you say, feel in like Mad Max compared to here. There was one scene where I kind of felt bad. It was like when that mom got creamed in the face by a motorcycle. Oh yeah, God. that was insane. <laughs> it was like if those if those were shot more like that, I think that would be kind of cool. Actually, have the wheel graze her face. I laughed so hard at that scene. I shouldn't have. <laughs> It's crazy when the motorcycle's <laughs> headed. So someone gets knocked off their bike and then the bike goes flying into the crowd. It's going to hit a baby. Yeah, there's like a baby in the stroller there. And then it just barely misses yeah. the baby in it, but it knocks at the baby's mom and her face is all bloody and shit. Also, isn't it amazing that that event doesn't really negatively affect them in any way? No, I think it's more of like a vibe thing. Like, like shit's so tense and... and, and awkward so we're like things are just getting bad in a general sense it's not like they face any sort of consequences yeah, like like they, they get their production deal after that right yeah. <laughs> something like that yeah because what happens is so billy's got this like it's the way of life it's not about you know it's not about making money it's not about being flashy or showing off it's about um just living that life he's sort of like a uh a, a 20 years too late kind of hippie who who believes in the philosophy of like motorcycles and knights and shit you can and say he's a cult leader michael he is a cult leader 
Um, <laughs> and everyone else sort of is like, yeah, that's cool, but we should like make a little money so we can also keep doing this. Yeah. Um, and he didn't like previously mentioned corn seller. Yeah, exactly. The guy selling corn and his corn wife want to, want to make corn money to raise their corn children. Children of the corn. Yeah, exactly. Stephen King special. Uh, Ed Harris isn't into that. He even yells at a kid about it because a kid wants him to sign a <laughs> picture in a magazine of him. Oh, I I really didn't like him in that scene. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, you can... <laughs> You can be morally opposed, but you can still sign a kid's magazine. Yeah, he's very, he's very dickish. Or, or like, hey, kid, go get a piece of paper and I'll sign that. Yeah, he could have signed something else. He didn't have to sign. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, whereas Morgan, Tom Savini's character, really wants to, like, become king. And he keeps trying. And he actually, like, like does it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, early on, he almost, like... Ed Harris, I think, Night Rides or whatever you want to call it, like, I think three times in the movie or three or four times. And he, like, loses half of those times. Um, but he's, like, saved by the other nights. So mm -hmm. Tom Savini doesn't get his crown. But um, so then there's, like, a lot of tension. And then people break off. And the lawyer from Jurassic Park uh, <laughs> convinces, convinces Tom Savini and some of his dudes to go become celebrities somehow i'm not quite sure i don't know from from the photo shoot i don't know quite what they were going for yeah it's uh i don't know what who he was supposed to appeal to yeah. in that and they're like partying although it's a pretty it's kind of like a low rent like oh this is the malibu lifestyle but it's just like a house with a pool in the backyard but they're yeah. like partying like they're going to be huge and famous when really what the the lawyer is, the lawyer from Jurassic Park, what the guy is proposing is they do a couple big shows and make like $30,000 so they can do other smaller shows. Like, it's not exactly like headlining Vegas every night of the week. Also, like, the outfits and the motorcycles he gets them, they're so bad. They're like, um... They're like that. They're made of pool noodles. Yeah, That's they're like they look spray like. foam, kind of. <laughs> they look really uh, shoddy. Um, yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's kind of neat when they're all like riding on the road back, but then we see way too much of it, <laughs> and they just yes, they're decked out in foam, and it's really, it's not that cool. And then, uh, um, oh, sorry. Oh no, I, I was just gonna ask Incha. Uh, because you are our regular cult expert. <laughs> I, I want to ask what you thought of the whole little collective here that King Billy runs. I mean, I honestly don't. Like, it, uh, you know, I don't think it was a cult. I don't know. Like, I find them more as, like, like those nerdy LARPers that you really just don't want to talk to and then they just travel in a circle together and you're just like they might be dirty but then like I kind of want to hang out with them because they're kind of cool and then like you see their king yelling at them and then you're just like mm, that's happening but yeah they're um I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't classify them as a cult I mean Billy's kind of I like even though he was dickish at parts I wouldn't say he was, like, coercely manipulative. 
Or he wasn't like trying to do anything against them. He was honestly trying to just have them rally around them and for all of them to be okay. But d- he went about it the wrong way. Yeah, it's like a like like you said. It, it, it's really lame a lot of the time. But it, there's like a joyfulness to how pure it is. Like they all do seem to be enjoying themselves and hanging out and like this is the life that Billy wants. And even though he is a dick some of the time, um, like you said, he, you know, he tells them if they don't like it, they can leave. Um, he's not forcing them to be there. You just have to explain exactly why you wanted it. No. Um, <laughs> I really liked Billy because of the fact that like, I think the loyalty aspect of him really shot through. Like he, went to jail because one of his mem- like one of the guys were going to go to jail and he was just like I want to be a witness to whatever you do to him and then yeah. he went back and then he got him yeah that was a really good scene yeah like I think that like it, it's kind of since he's like since he's becoming a relic in a lot of ways to this place it's kind of like he's doing his most to kind of stay 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 like a what like stay the leader but also like protect everything that's around him and it's it's hard when they like want to go off and do their own thing because it's just like you've been with somebody for so long. It is kind of like, yeah, as I'm saying this, it is kind of like a cult, but at the same time. <laughs> it's almost like Billy's in a cult, but nobody else is. <laughs> Nobody's as committed. And he's not like, he's not like hardcore enough to force them to be committed to it. Yeah. It's just people who like hanging out with a cult leader, but they're not in the cult. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I agree with what you were saying Incha, about how he's past his prime. He knows his like time as the king is winding down. And I do think mm-hmm. he's worried that like there is a good there's a good campfire scene with him and, and uh, his lawyer and the guy who gets the shit kicked out of him and uh, <laughs> uh, Merlin where the guy is talking about how like if you're dead, then your principles and your ideals die with you. And I think that's what he's worried about is that once he's gone is this way of life gonna continue if everybody else is not as into it as he is yeah Uh like i think he's like it's like he's more he's more or less scared that everybody will keep going without him and i think that's like really important to because like because even with like tom savini's character tom savini's character is just like listen shit happens everybody keeps going this is the cycle of life like Mm. we need to like keep riding and i want to be king one day so we need to chop chop like he like billy's just like i just i just want everybody to stay together and be Mm -hmm. a family and do this other stuff like it's uh, yeah it's it's hard i feel like like that's why i kind of felt more even though he was a dick i felt more for billy's character because i was just like i, yeah. I get it <laughs> me too and i do think it like near the end once morgan and alan both come back after they had left mm-hmm. i think that's a really nice scene because i think it sort of proved to billy that even though they did leave they came back because they actually do believe in that life like you can't go off and become your own king you have to become the king the right way and mm-hmm. i think he once that happened he was very zen about everything he was a lot less dickish once they actually did return because <laughs> he sort of knew his yeah like, well, it's like the fact that they actually did return yeah 
kind of means that they are going to honor the crown in the way that he envisioned. And like, he was almost proud to hand that crown over. He was. I really liked the scene where they like all greet each other and then they go over the rules of the final battle with each other. Mm -hmm. Like there's no animosity because that's just the way of the life. That's what it's like to fight the dragon or whatever he calls it. (laughs) <laughs> and he was probably super happy that Alan came back with a Julie. <laughs> he was probably really happy. You got, I, I don't understand why you're so anti-Julie. Both. I, I'm not. No, I'm not anti-Julie. I, I had no problem with Julie. But I'm anti-Julie all day long. I think it's very funny. That <laughs> Julie had a lot to learn. Julie needed to go back home. She gave him a gift that she got from another man. That's bad luck. Remember? I actually, I I was upset at that because it's like she had a headscarf the whole time. And she even realized that afterwards. I know. And she realized it too late. It's very dangerous. <laughs> she could have fucked Alan up for good. <laughs> Julie sucks. She could have sold corn, you know. <laughs> she, so she could have been a corn girl. <laughs> like, it's funny that when Alan leaves, because he's mad that like Billy won't, wouldn't let him protect him because Billy tries to fight that blackbird, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and so he goes off on his own. And like we get a lot of Tom Savini and his knights on their own because they're going to make it big in Hollywood as night riders, which yeah. isn't a thing. But uh, <laughs> and then Alan just like visits some friends and then yeah. gets bored by them talking about Marlon Brando. <laughs> and then he's like, fuck Julie, I'm going back home. And it's very like he gets shortchanged his like realization that he has to go back to the group. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I guess it was like him, like because he was kind of like, all right, maybe I'm done with this life. Maybe I'll go and like work in a store or something. Yeah. <laughs> but... So he probably just realized like he can't do the normal shit anymore. He has to like be with the. And gay. I guess because like the the movie definitely wasn't treating Julie as a character. They were treating Julie as an extension of Alan's journey. Oh my god! So I guess she was a... Julie, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Keep going. Yes, you're right. She is more of a uh, a way to sort of show. Because otherwise, they would. Because they gave they gave all their characters a satisfying ending, mm-hmm. whereas they kind of punished her for being on the outside. I mean, Julie. Julie had a happy ending. She sat on a porch. I really don't like her. I'm sorry. I can't stand her. Sometimes it shocks me the characters in <laughs> movies that you don't like. Like I could never I would never be able to guess if you were like this Incha just watch this movie which character do you think she hated the most? I don't think I could ever guess correctly which one. It's bonkers. Ooh, you know what's a really gross scene? When Tuck and that photographer lady are eating the grossest cheesiest pizza to- oh, topless yeah. in his truck. It's so gross. But then uh, Ed Harris comes in and yells at them, and I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> I, l- I like Tuck's growth at the very end when he actually just told the photographer not to take any pictures. Yeah, yeah. I like it's like that. no, no. Let's keep this in the family for right now. Mm-hmm. You know who was my favorite character? Wait, Stephen King. Stephen King. <laughs> 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 because it, it literally it took me a second. That after my second, I'm like, that's Stephen King. Yeah. And he had surprisingly more lines in this movie than I thought he would. Yeah, he's got a cameo, but he does have like two or three lines where he mumbles about like, it, like it, oh, it's all like fake. Yeah, it's all not fake. Right. <laughs> and he's disgustingly chopping down on corn. <laughs> yeah. His unshaven face. Yeah. Because he and, he, what did he and Romero do? Creepshow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. they were working on that together during this yeah that would have been around this time 
anyway, so should we talk about the ending? Like the ending, ending, ending? Yeah, I was happy when he actually like went to that boy that he snubbed earlier because that was like the thing that really rubbed me the wrong way about Billy. Yeah, so once once Alan and, and Morgan come back, they have a big battle royale and uh, the last knight standing on their bike wins. And if it's like Morgan or his people, they become king. And if it's Alan and his people who are fighting for the king... Billy stays king and Morgan wins and it's pretty cool there are a lot of crazy motorcycle stunts and I do really like the side hacking where they stand on like a sidecar and just like beat each other with clubs yeah which is really fun uh so anyway so Billy uh he gives up his crown to Morgan in a very nice moment and he releases Lynette from whatever weird sexual <laughs> bondage she was in <laughs> where she like had to be her his property so then she goes and hangs out with alan and then the best part of the movie is this odd prologue where he and blackbird ride off and write some wrongs from earlier in the movie uh and i think more movies should end with ed harris beating the shit out of a stupid cop in a burger restaurant <laughs> so you really liked when he showed up at the kid's school yeah, because he like literally like walks into a kid's school and what he gives the kid his sword. Yeah, yeah, he gives he gives the kid the sword. It's like, hey, I didn't sign a magazine, but here's something more important than that. Yeah, that part's really cool. It's it's kind of him like letting go of a little bit of hubris there. Yeah, it is. It's sort of like he's he's sort of closing up the books, making up for what he still had to do, like beat the shit out of that cop who tried to bribe him earlier and who beat his friend up. Which was really awesome, and I loved that everybody at that burger place was cheering him on as yeah. he like beat up the cop. Um, so then afterwards, he is uh, riding down the road and sort of imagining himself as a knight on a horse in days of old, and then a giant truck hits him and kills him. <laughs> and it's uh, and then they hit the the knight riders all have a funeral for him, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Were you? surprised or saddened at uh billy's death i was more i was lost when he first like went off and left the group right i didn't really know where that was going but when that finally happened it was kind of all right that's the only place it could have gone yeah it's sort of like when it happens you're like how is the movie not over yet but then once it's unfolding you're like oh this makes sense for the character because and then you also like you actually get to see yes they are going to carry on without him yeah exactly because you know yeah when yeah exactly uh incha what did you think of the ending i was kind of sad i was like oh it was kind of sad right like i'll I'll miss billy like i I like i liked him (laughs) billy's a really good character i really like billy and it helps that you know ed harris is a great actor so yeah like that's why i kind of like like, if I had to, like, choose, like, a character that I'd be like, okay, well, this character should have their own spinoff or something, I would choose Billy yeah. and Pippin yeah. and maybe the Guinevere character, even though I'm like, you ain't really do shit. But, like, she was still cool. I, yeah, she was cool. I wanted to know more about it. Like, I was frustrated because, like, the actress was good. She just wasn't given much to do like i wanted more yeah. from her yeah. yeah like i kind of wanted to hear more from her and less from angie yeah although i did i i liked angie she was a little grease monkey she was nice <laughs> no angie was dope it was just like, I'm like can we like spread the wealth over to spread the wealth yeah. yeah 
Give less lines to Julie. Yes, there you go. Replace Julie. <laughs> Um, it is, it is, uh, very sweet at the end too, when Morgan makes Angie the new queen. That's very nice. Yeah, I like that. It was, it's kind of odd that she just got to be like, like a grease monkey when everyone else was medieval all the time. Well, somebody has to look after the bikes, Billy. Yeah, but like, couldn't she do it in like, garb? (laughs) She pretend to be like, a goblin or something? (laughs) (laughs) Or a stable hand, you know, like, just a tunic, just put a tunic on. Yeah, she did just have like a a jumpsuit and cap. Yeah, like a mechanic sort of little cap thing. Yeah, and yeah. I see. What Look, you mean. if even the doctor dresses up, then their lawyer didn't. I really liked the lawyer too. I wanted to know more about <laughs> him. He was cool. Um, you know, who yeah, I he really did... seemed like he was their lawyer on Sundays. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he had a regular life, but he also got it. Yeah, he did. He he was wearing like just normal. 1981 clothes but he had a motorcycle and he smoked weed a lot and he'd show up like <laughs> when they needed him i liked it you know who i didn't like and wait let it, me guess it's not julie no 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 i fucking, no, no. I fucking, I fucking uh, hate julie but i didn't but yeah no guess uh who didn't you like uh, merlin yeah really i really didn't like him <laughs> why not because he was suspicious half the time <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? What like, could you possibly mean? Because, like, even when, like, the first, the very, very first joust, or when, like, Ed Harris is just like, yeah, I'm going to suit up and I'm going to do some stuff. Like, all of that time, I thought, like, he messed something up, or he cast a spell on somebody, <laughs> or, like, he actually, like, did something to hurt somebody like it was it, like the way he looked was just like so silent and just being like yes do it and i'm just like what are you supposed to be doing was he, he a doctor yeah he was a really shitty doctor <laughs> kind of kind of he does i agree he has sort of a specter of death look about him so i do get that for sure and and like every single time like he talked to ed harris it was just kind of like do what you want bro but you know, you can do this, this or that or something. I'm watching you. I'm like, I'm, I didn't like him. I did like his explanation of um, when Ed Harris was saying he was having dreams or visions of a blackbird um, and that would like presage his death or whatever. And he was like, do mm-hmm. you believe in that stuff? And Merlin's like, Maybe, but not really, because you sort of make your own destiny. Like, what if you see a knight come up with a blackbird on his thing, and you decide to go against him, and you sort of created your own thing like that? I like that scene where he sort of lays that out. Exactly, like, oh, the thing that actually happens later? Yeah, the thing that happens later. But Ed Harris beats him. Um, (laughs) And also, he's a wizard. He's supposed to believe in that stuff. Oh, you think he's not, like, he's not keeping... What do they call it in wrestling? When they... Oh, keeping kayfabe. kayfabe. Yeah, <laughs> he's not keeping kayfabe. That's why I don't like it. It's like, no, say, say you believe in that. Come on. Actually, speaking of that, I really liked when we saw that first joust and kind of they laid out the stakes of the fact that, like, Billy could lose his crown over the joust. Because that really laid in the fact that, like, it's not like wrestling for them. Like, this actually is a life they live yeah. and it is all real. Because it could, like, honestly, if they did it more like wrestling, I think this could be very successful in the real world. But. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think it's, um, 
but they kind of that's kind of what happens in wrestling too right like don't yeah more people get more if you win you're popular yeah but like it's 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 decided beforehand what are you talking about i mean (laughs) (laughs) no it's fine michael that nine-year-old boy beat the guy fair and square I, I legitimately have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, in like the... I, I only like heard about this, but in the recent like WrestleMania in a tag team match, one of the like big guys grabbed a nine-year-old boy out of the audience and won. Oh, Braun. Yeah, Braun Strowman. Yeah. Listen, that kid won. Okay? He so got his title fair and square. The kid legitimately, they like said they he gave won. him a title that's yeah, he hold, really he cool held title he holds the title tag team. now does he have to fight <laughs> they, they have to i mean he, they might bring him back next wrestlemania who knows yeah i think he ended up giving it up because he had school but i think he he'll be he should be back in the summer like if there is if there is just if there is justice there oh yeah he has he summer slam it's fine wrestling is real what was the name of that wrestler from like when I was a kid, who was like <laughs> a really big guy, and it was like Rashiki or something. Wow, or... actually, it is Rashiki. <laughs> yeah, when he used to like slam his ass on other wrestlers. Yes. Face, would it be illegal for him to do that to the nine-year-old? <laughs> the nine-year-old might snap his neck and die. Yeah, they actually just kill the kid. <laughs> Like, I know it's fake, but we still probably shouldn't have 400-pound men jumping on this boy. What were you talking about? Uh, Merlin. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, or as I wrote it down in my notes here, Marlin. It's the dad from Finding Nemo. Have you seen my son? That's another thing I kind of wondered, too. Like, how... What was the movie we just watched? Knight Riders? No. No, the other one with the with the with... no, not that one. I hate that one. The My other one. My friend Dahmer. No, no, no. The, the Wild before. Hunt. Yeah, we go. Like how that one, like they had like families and stuff outside. I kind of wonder if any of these people are missing their family, or if their family is looking for them. I think they make a lot of, or they make a couple of references to the fact that Billy is very open to picking up strays basically Mm -hmm. so i feel like a lot of the people who go there wouldn't have strong connections to families which now that i'm saying it makes it sound a lot more like a cult (laughs) (laughs) but i mean the corn guy and his corn wife they're both um they are together so families are allowed but i it does feel like a thing where it would be like ex-cons or old hippies or people who don't really have strong connections to other communities would sort of be into this way of life more than someone who would only want to do it nine to five and then they go (laughs) home like an accountant but he like hangs up his wizard hat and he sits down for roast beef and he's like oh i gotta go back to fix the jousting motorcycle yeah (laughs) they showed that little too like after they they had their first tournament then like a couple of them were like playing baseball and changed into a couple civilian clothes Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the scenes where they're just like chilling out, like around. yeah, just, you know, normal folk, just normal, yeah. normal night rider folk, <laughs> still playing their loops. None of that fancy corporate night riding stuff. This is some legitimate, <laughs> some down to earth, good old fashioned night riding and side hacking. <laughs> you love that term. I do. I was really excited when I heard it. 
It does sound like something that would be in like a 90s cyberpunk movie, though. There is absolutely a Mystery Science Theater 3000 film called Side Hackers, and it's a <laughs> 19 late 80s or 1990 movie about a guy who travels through time in his Cessna, like his <laughs> shitty little airplane. Something like that. I think that's Side Hackers. Isn't that one Side Hackers? Wait, I gotta look up Side Hackers. Maybe it's a different one. <laughs> Maybe Side Hackers is the one where they jump out of the airplane. It has something to do with an airplane. <laughs> I want that guy with the guitar to make an album. I liked him. Yeah, he was yeah, good. he was cool. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Side Hackers is a totally different Mystery Science Theater 3000. What's the one I'm thinking of? <laughs> but this one is... Uh, the Side Hackers, also known as Five the Hard Way, is a 1969 American action film about motorcycle racing with a twist. Each motorcycle oh. has a side hack or sidecar. <gasps> oh in my which god, a, I remember that. Yeah, in which a passenger rides and tilts to one side or another when going around curves, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, so that's I, actually what they were doing. Yeah. I think that was kind of like rollerball, but like with sidecars. <laughs> this is kind of like rollerball with sidecars. <laughs> See, I wish, now that you mentioned Rollerball, I, if this were like a 1981 TV series, imagine if, so the first season happened and it was the 19 hours worth of footage that George yeah. Romero had for this, but at the end, Billy doesn't die. He's like still part of the group. Then the second season, they come up, another troop of these people come up and it's like a clash of kingdoms, but James Caan is the king of the other thing i want to see ed harris and james con side hacking oh, each one james con yes <laughs> yes or present day james con and ed harris side hacking each other <laughs> just two old men trying to hold on to a motorcycle i kind of wish now that billy didn't die because i would i would I, I at least want like a gq photo shoot with ed harris in a motorcycle yeah and armor you know like not just ed harris in a motorcycle like i can get that anywhere. well ed harris i was gonna say ed harris is still alive just because billy yeah. died doesn't mean he can't <laughs> ed harris himself can't do a photo shoot i want tom savini to recreate the photo shoot he was doing in this movie <laughs> present day tom savini yeah, that was the sleaziest thing it is very but very it's also fantastic because like you got his kind of like sad eyes yeah Tom when, when sees, yeah, like when when the uh, married woman that he's with, her husband comes back and he's just like, oh, it's not really about me. He's a legitimately good actor. I really like him. I was really very is. impressed yeah. with him in this. I enjoyed him. Because the only, the longest other role that I remember is from Dust Till Dawn. That's what I was say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he right? was in a Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. And then he pops up in other things like, uh, I think he's in Maniac and like, he's in... Um, dawn of the dead and stuff like he pops up in little things like it's it's other stuff that like is more effects heavy and it's like all right well you got tom savini to work on this movie and he did a couple scenes too yeah Ooh, i just remembered i have a game that's right <laughs> i have a game for this if you guys would like to play it now or did you want to i'm up for it yeah okay <clears throat> so the game is called ed harris or ed hairpiece <laughs> And the concept is, I will read you a movie title, and then I will ask you each whether you think the answer is Ed Harris, which means he performed with his natural head of hair, <laughs> or Ed Hairpiece, which means he performed with some sort of wig accoutrement. Okay. Do okay. we get pictures? 
No, and you cannot uh, scouts okay. or Knight Rider's honor that you won't Google image search. <laughs> I, I swear on the code of chivalry. Okay. But not, don't say that ever. <laughs> I'm General Will! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Number one. There are five of these. Number one. 1983's film The Right Stuff. Billy, is the answer Ed Harris or Ed Hairpiece? I'm going to say Ed Hairpiece right off the bat. Incha, is it Ed Harris or Ed Hairpiece? Um, Ed Harris. The answer is Ed Harris. Point for Incha. Harris portrays astronaut John Glenn, the first American to orbit the Earth, with a normal balding pate, accurate to the actor and historical figure. Second one, 1995's Apollo 13. Incha, Ed Harris, or Ed Hairpiece? I think that was Ed Harris. Yeah. Okay, okay. Billy? He had a lot of astronaut movies. He did. <laughs> Billy? <laughs> he also, he was a voice in Gravity. He was mission control in Gravity, but he was not a presence in that, so I didn't include it. It's just his voice. His voice was normal. He could have been wearing a wig. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing a platinum blonde bob in that one. It's possible. Um, I'm going to go with Ed Harris for this one. So you both said Ed Harris? Yes. yes. You're both incorrect. The answer is Ed Hairpiece. <laughs> Harris portrays white team flight director Gene Kranz with a squared away buzz cut hairpiece. Number three, 2006's Copying Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Ed Harris or Ed Hairpiece? Hairpiece. Ed Hairpiece? Incha, Ed Harris or Ed Hairpiece? Hairpiece. You're both correct, Ed Hairpiece. <laughs> Harris portrays composer and pianist Ludwig van Beethoven in exactly the type of hairpiece you're picturing right now. <laughs> um, number four, 1993's The Firm. Incha, Ed Harris, or Ed Hairpiece? I feel like people weren't allowed to be bald in 1993. <laughs> so I'm going to say Ed Hairpiece. So Billy says Hairpiece, Incha says Harris, and the answer is Ed Harris. However, it's a bit of a trick question. Incha, you get the point, but um, Ed Harris portrays FBI agent Wayne Terrence. He is, however, shaved, shiny bald, like fully bald. <laughs> he doesn't have that back crown piece. It's very, it's a weird look. I'm glad he didn't do it all. <laughs> um, final question. It's worth two points. So, Billy, you could tie. Okay. You get it correct. 2004's The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, Billy, Ed Harris, or Ed Hairpiece? Oh, I know this one. I'm going to say Hairpiece. Incha, Ed Harris, or Ed Hairpiece? Um, what was the movie then? 2004's The Life and Death of Peter Sellers. Okay. It's been years since I've seen it. Um, I'm just gonna say Harris. So you said Harris, and Billy, you said hair piece. Yeah, it's a period piece. So okay, well, it was a trick question. It was actually Stanley Toupe, in which Stanley Tucci portrays director Stanley Kubrick <laughs> while wearing a toupee and looking nothing like Stanley Kubrick, and that was Stanley Tucci or Stanley Toupe. 
Incha, best ender. You won three to one. <laughs> that was a hard one. That's that was a hard awesome. game. That's awesome. <laughs> and also, I don't know why. I was just waiting for the Truman Show to pop up too. No way. Because I know he's bald in that. No way. I'm not well, going to give you an easy one like that. Which one? Which one was the one that he had a hat in? What? <laughs> he's worn hats he, in several hats. Hat? No, no, that's no, no. the Truman like, Show. He wears a little beret. Yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> we're both thinking. We're both on the same wavelength. <laughs> he's worn hats in other films. <laughs> no, not as this, consistently. Yeah, and this one was like he he looked he good in the hat. hat. <laughs> he wears a hat like Ron Howard wears a hat. I wouldn't say that because Ron Howard sometimes doesn't look good in hats, but Ed, Ed Harris. But he wears them. But he wears them, yes. But Ed Harris in the Truman Show, he looked good in his little hat. Ed Harris looks good in everything. Yeah. It is weird. Google him in the firm because it is weird that he's fully bald, like shaved, shaved, shiny bald. It's it's weird. He's still Ed Harris though, so I like him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too much. It is too much, right? I gotta see that back part. <laughs> that's what I'm That's what I'm paying my ticket for, price for. Oh, God. He looks like a fucking serial killer. He looks like the, 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 the vice principal from Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> you know who he looks like? He looks like the guy. He looks like the leader of um, the creatures in Fringe. Yeah, yeah. He looks okay. like a, a, an observer or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Billy, what do you think he looks like? I think he, I think he looks like a Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's definitely. I would. Ca- I think Ed Aww. Harris would rock a Lex Luthor casting. He'd be he a great would. Lex Luthor. He would. Oh, and here's him in the turn. There we go. That's him with his little hat. His little hat. He's got little glasses in that too, right? He looks so yeah, cute very little. Hat. Yeah, tiny glasses compared to the firm. Oh yeah, That's like a <laughs> big, big glasses. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I want these, but half of them. It's like they shrunk in the wash. Yeah, he accidentally he had his uh, glasses in his front pocket and he put his shirt in the wash and then all of his shirts turned glasses what's that with the red sock when you put a red sock in the wash everything turns all the shirts turned turned glass (laughs) uh do we have anything else to say about night riders uh uh i would just say to check it out it's very good it's like like Incha sort of described when she was first talking about seeing it, it's kind of like I think the first time I watched it was just like it was on TV like some weekend and I just laid there and sort of casually took it in <laughs> which seems like a really good way of letting it sort of wash over you Yeah, um, it's good, I'm, I don't know it's good. I am I think we're all totally in agreement that it would have worked better or would work better now as a TV show because it created an amazing world, it created lots of interesting side characters, and it's too long. Yeah, so. yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> say it would work better, but I would want. I want a like. I would want a Knight Riders TV show for sure. Who would you cast if they did a Knight Riders Netflix picked it up for a ten episode season? Who would you cast as the new Billy? Ed Harris would have a cameo as somebody in it, but. Who would be the new Billy? So it's someone past their prime, but still <laughs> capable of kicking ass on a motorcycle. Yeah, like past your prime in motorcycle. Because Ed Harris couldn't have been that old in this, like, what, late 30s in this, maybe? Aww. Less? 
who could pull off sort of past their pride. I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm trying to think. I, f- I feel like Brad Pitt has the right archetype, but I think he's too much of a face for the role. Yeah, I was going to say, you think he'd go to Netflix? Come on, let's be realistic, Billy. This is actually <laughs> happening. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I would say Andrew Lincoln from um, The Walking Dead. Because he has a face like An- a king. Oh, Andrew Lincoln. Ooh, mm-hmm. that is a good one. That's an interesting one. I would say uh, John Hamm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think John Hamm could do it. Because he could get really intense and dickish. If he had to. <laughs> Ooh. Jason Isaacs. Ooh, he'd be good. Ooh, yeah. What was Tom Savini's character's name? Morgan. Morgan. I would cast Norman Reedus as him. So you just want the cast of The Walking Dead. <laughs> you know what? They're pretty dirty. They could play really good carny folk. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I would like to see them in a much better show than The Walking Dead. <laughs> I agree. Um, who would you cast as Julie? Asia? In my soul, a song lies sleeping, waiting to be born. I can hear a weeping. Oh, 